With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, anything that we need to remind ourselves of, Susan, any upcoming things that we should mention? I'd like to say thank you for uh, Joan posting uh, something on the Facebook page, uh, Friends and Family Facebook page, uh, about the Christmas celebration for the uh, the shoeboxes with the Samaritan's Purse. Uh, there is a celebration of that event on the uh, Facebook page. There is a link to that, and you can see it's kind of a clever uh, use of various sounds that uh, actually create a, a Christmas song. The sounds of children opening their gifts and the, the, the uh, forklifts and all these various uh, sounds combined together to create a song. So uh, we'll hear the reading of the scripture and not hearing any further announcements. Uh, Mr. Yeah, there are two hands I see. Yes, go. Yeah, come on up. Come on up. And also, Steve, if you want to say something here following this, you can. Whatever would work for you. Okay. All right, go ahead, Brenda. Because I don't know if I'll see anybody, all of you at Christmas Eve. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. And I, I'm just grateful all of your support. Um, I had a recent loss in my family uh, that was very devastating. And I just want to thank you for your prayers and your love and your support. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you. God bless you, my dear. We love you. And we do have a prayer request uh, for uh, Pam for upcoming surgery. And uh, the other prayer requests or concerns today? Joan? So if you would, after Russ, after you read the scriptures, if you just remember to mention some of these prayer requests, if you can think of them, just mention them, and we'll all remember them together. Okay. And let's hear the reading of the scriptures now. Verses from Luke 2, 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one unto his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him 
in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done for us, and we thank you for your son who died in our place. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you would answer these requests that we had this morning. We know that there are many people in our midst and in our group that are here and not here today that have real problems going on in their family. We pray especially for Joan and, and for all those that, that were asked this morning. Lord, we pray that you continue to watch over our country. We pray that you'd bless our military, Lord, and we'd be with our government that they would uh, know your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Russ, and thank you for your faithfulness, your being here week after week, it's a blessing always to see you walk in the door. Thank you to Anjanelle for her ministry of music this morning. And everybody doing okay for the Christmas season and got all your gifts purchased and everything, I'm sure, by now. Unless you're like me, which I always tend to put things off a little bit. Like, I'll get started sometimes later this week, you know. <laughs> Four more days, oh, plenty of time. When I was in school, back in school, term papers and things like that, I usually did those the night before. Sometimes I would come up uh, with the final, final few words of my paper about 5.30 in the morning, maybe catch 30 minutes of sleep. That's just a terrible trait. That's a terrible, terrible trait, but I work well under pressure. <coughs> anyway, um, again, it's a pleasure to have you here. I know it uh, took some effort on your part to, to show up and I know that uh, your being here today is, is really for one reason alone, and that is to connect with the Christ of Christmas, to be with him and to sense his presence in your life. And that's what uh, our message is about today, is finding a place for Jesus. Is there any room for him? I notice uh, in the reading today, as Russ read that, that familiar passage of scripture we've heard that over the years uh, many of us uh, since our childhood uh, who we've always been in church in Luke chapter 2 and the the beautiful version of, of Christ's birth in Luke is, is I think my favorite and as you work through this you come across these uh, these these words that that the Lord was born in a manger now <coughs> there was no room for them in the end now, what I'd like for, for you to think about for a few moments this morning is <clears throat> where is there room for Jesus in, in my life? Is there any room? Am I making any room for him? I remember uh, as a boy, uh, probably 16 years of age, we, there was a fellow who came to town. He was passing through. He was a, kind of a vagabond in a way. He had some kind of a mild connection with uh, family in the area, uh, and they had essentially kicked him out of the house and forced him onto the street. Well, my mother, being the tender-hearted, loving woman that she was, the Christian, benevolent person uh, who was always kind and good to everyone, uh, met this young man at church because he made his way to church on a Sunday morning. 
So it was a little unusual to have more than a, just a 10 or 12 people in church. We, we had a newcomer here today. Well, boy, everybody was excited because the church I grew up in, Palestine Second Methodist Church, we had only a handful of people, and they were almost entirely women. One year we had a man, but every other year we had everybody there was a... <laughs> was a was a was a woman so we had a we were thrilled when we saw some guy walk in with a hey there's a there's a man among the among the worshipers this morning it was really great and his name was Gordon I, I hope if your name is Gordon you don't you don't take any uh, offense at this story but basically Gordon came on a Sunday morning to church now you know a lot of times people come to church for various reasons you know and what I've learned over the years is that and then necessarily the reason that you would uh, expect or even maybe hope for, you would think or hope that they would come because, you know, they wanted to draw near to the Lord and find maybe some peace of mind, maybe find forgiveness or whatever. Maybe in his case, he was coming to find uh, some help, some, some place to stay that night, a, a place to maybe even live for a few weeks, a few months, a few years, whatever he could latch on to. And he was uh, one of these uh, fellows that could just, uh, boy, he had the gift of gab, you know. He was telling stories about how he was a paratrooper in the Army, and he had jumped out of the planes and was being shot at as he came down and landed in the, in the jungle, and he, you know, was wounded, and he, was, he had quite a tale to tell. And here I was, a, probably me, 14-year-old kid, you know, and I was quite impressed with Gordon. I thought, wow, Gordon is really cool you know he's got all these really cool stories and he's a he's a, like a war hero and he's like this really cool guy and my older brother Jerry didn't share quite the enthusiasm that I had for him but when uh, he asked mother after church if maybe he could just come over to the house and have dinner or have some Sunday dinner she was accommodating I said well sure we'd love to have you come so as we sat around the table that Sunday afternoon, which we always had Sunday afternoon dinner, usually about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and Mama had a, a pressure cooker, and she always fixed on Sunday. She would uh, put in the pressure cooker. She would put ground beef in there, and uh, not ground beef, brown, round steak. There you go, round steak and green beans and potatoes. And so we always had round steak green beans and potatoes on Sunday afternoon. Well, that was a feast for us. <coughs> and um, Gordon was invited, and he came and was there with us. And sitting around the table, he began to tell us these stories. And, and it became apparent that he was needing a place to stay. And he just finally said, well, you know, I would, I'm enjoying myself here so much. You, you folks are so nice. And Ed and May, you are, if you don't mind, I'm just going to call you Mom. And uh, he just kind of pushed himself into the, into the family in a kind of, in a, looking back on it now, a little bit of an aggressive way. Mom? You're calling my mother mom? Come on, that's a little, you know what I'm saying? A little too much too soon, you know, a little. And the, chi <coughs> the Chinese have an expression. Where there's, a, where there's too much, there's too little. Just remember that. Where there's too much... There's too little. So whenever you meet somebody and they're just, oh, they're thrilled to death with you and they think you're the most wonderful thing since uh, fried eggs or whatever, you might just 
kind of your instincts are just a well wait a minute i just met this person you know it's like trying to kiss a girl on the first date you know it doesn't always work out right <laughs> gotta be careful show a little respect show a little patience show a little uh, common courtesy but mom if you don't mind i just stay here tonight well god bless my dear mother she thought well it's near the christmas season you know should do the right thing and so she said, well, yeah, we've got, we could stay back in the back room. We could fix a cot back there for you. So anyway, Gordon stayed that night. Now, Gordon hadn't washed his socks in probably three months. I don't know. It was, it was a long time. And there was a peculiar uh, aroma that followed Gordon around, if you know what I mean. And, uh, but he just moved his uh, little knapsack of stuff in there and kind of closed off that room. And man, oh, man, he was set. Well, the days went by. Mama was uh, a widow woman. She uh, had to go to work. She worked two jobs. She worked uh, at the nursing home, and when she got off, she would go to the restaurant, and she washed dishes at the restaurant. You know, uh, we, we lived a very meager life, and uh, we lived in hard times. Uh, and so for a fellow to come and take up residence in the house and kind of take advantage of this widow woman and her children was a little bit do you see what I'm saying okay so here's Gordon camped out back in the back room made, made this little cot for him uh, he was there on Monday Monday night Tuesday Tuesday night Wednesday Wednesday night he stayed for a week uh, next Sunday he didn't go to church he wasn't feeling good following week he was there all week he didn't feel good he, especially on Sunday morning, he just didn't feel good, you know. He was always pretty good. And then he started to manipulate me and my brother. And, we you know, we went uptown one time. And I don't know, he had probably had $3 or something. And he went into the pool hall. And he gave this money to my brother, Jerry. And he said, now, you keep this money and do not give this back to me because I'm going to go in the pool hall. I'm going to gamble on some pool games. And if I come out and ask for that money, do not give it to me. Well, in about 10 minutes, he came back out, and he demanded to have that money, and Jerry said no, and then so he got all violent acting. And we realized at that point we're dealing with a nut, okay? And so Mama began to tell him, now, Gordon, you're going to have to find another place to stay. And uh, she would say that and he would ignore her. This went on for another couple of three weeks. I mean, the guy was there for almost three months. And so uh, what we've learned was you got to kind of be careful about who you invite into your home, you know, who you allow to come in. Uh, it, it put notice on to me to be a little leery about just welcoming anybody and everybody. But around the Christmas season, this thing always comes to my mind and how an attempt to be generous and good and kind turned into a basically a nightmare scenario. One morning, the last day that he was there, he was angry. And he said, Mom called me and told me I have to leave today. Well, fine. We said, fine, good. Get out. We don't want you here. And Jerry and I, we weren't just little kids. I mean, we were big enough. You know, we could probably, the two of us could probably have whipped him, you know. At least if we couldn't, we would have given it a good try. And <laughs> so we were saying to him, look, if mom says you got to go, you got to go. And so we confronted him with that. Well, then 
he all of a sudden after he left and thank god he left and took his dirty socks with him <laughs> we uh guess where he went next over to the church and we found him uh, stand in the church basement and jerry and i had to go over there and run him out of the church basement so it, that's just a little story about making room for some things in your life and sometimes the things that you make room for turn out to be gordon okay so <laughs> you got to be careful so you know it all starts out nice and glitzy and nice and warm and fuzzy and you think well this is a good thing but what is that old saying all that glitters isn't gold right so you have to be a little careful and uh, as we take that story and we look into our scriptures for today, we say, well, what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with the Christmas season? What does it have to do with this passage of scripture? Well, it has everything to do with it. Because there are those who would say, well, I don't want to uh, allow any room in my house for uh, strangers or for people that, you know, I can't really trust. I mean, I'm doing fine here. I really don't want to be welcoming somebody else. There's no room in my life for God, there's no room in my life for Jesus. I, I just don't want to deal with this. I, I'm not particularly interested in being uh, religious. I don't want to really have to go to church every Sunday and all this. Uh, you know, I don't know. This is all kind of weird. And so the question becomes, who are the ones that we can actually trust to come into our home, to come into our life and come into our, into our heart? And the answer is, it is this one who, though he were, was God in the form of a human being, came as a little baby into a world where the, the people of this world were not very welcoming. He was, there wasn't even a place for him that night in a hotel or in a place where they could normally stay as a family. And so this young pregnant woman gives birth to this baby out in the barn <clears throat> and she puts him in a feeding trough and so here comes the almighty god of the universe into a world where there's no room for him now i don't know whether that touches you or not but that strikes a chord in me that god the great mighty god of the universe comes into the world in a humble form like this and there's nobody who has room for him. I want to think about this a little bit. I'd like for you to think about it a little bit. Where am I? Am I any different than all the rest of the people in this world? Am I too busy with all of my problems and my hang-ups and my selfish interest to give him the time of day and really allow him to have his place in my life? You know, the one who created heaven and earth, the one who created me, who made my eyes so I can see, who gave me a heart that beats in my chest so faithfully. This one who made every person on the earth and gave us the gift of life and the wonder and the beauty of this world and all that is in it. Is there any place in my life for him? Or am I just so caught up in my selfish pursuits and ambitions my desire for material things and my desire to be liked by other people, my desire to be in, entertained and to experience pleasures and be fulfilled through other pursuits. Where is there any room or any time or any place for Jesus in my day-to-day -day life? Is there room in my inn, 
my mind, my soul, my thinking, my sense of who I am with regard to him. How much have I been guilty of hearing him knocking on the door of my life and refusing to answer the door? How many times have I known that he was calling me, but I didn't answer him? How many times have I not trusted him when I should have? How many times have I told him, mind your own business because I'm going to handle this part of my life myself. Thank you very much. I don't need your help on this issue. I don't want you interfering with my pursuits of my personal interests and my desires for pleasure and whatever it else it is that I'm, that I'm seeking in the world. Is there room in my life for Jesus? Oh, there's room in my life to be religious. There's room in my life to show up here on Sunday morning, on a Sunday morning and play some music and sing a song or two and, and give a little talk. There's room for all that because, you know, in some ways that's kind of fun to do as well as terrifying at times, <laughs> I must tell you. But is there room in my life for Jesus when I'm talking to my wife? Is there room in my life for Jesus when I'm talking to somebody who insults me, who criticizes me, who takes me to task on some issue, who com makes complaints against me or about me, someone who ignores me or seems not to like me, or someone who, it seems, turns their back and walks away from me because there are things about me they don't like. How much room is there for Jesus in my life then? Well, I mentioned it in personal, first person, but as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm thinking that you're doing that in your own mind in your regard to your own self and to your own experience, right? It's not that it's all about me. It's all about you. And I use first person for that reason because if I say, I struggle with this, maybe you can identify with that struggle in your own life. But if I say, you probably struggle with this, then that exempts me from the struggle. <laughs> well, let me tell you, friends, I'm one of the fellow, I'm a fellow struggler, okay? I'm not exempt any more than anybody else. Just like everybody else, I need Jesus in my life. I need his help in my relationships. I need his help with my emotional responses, with the way that I live from day to day, just as you do, just as we all do. Amen? Yes, we do, all of us. So <clears throat> when we think of this Jesus who was pushed aside, and the Gospel of John tells us in other passages throughout the Scripture, he, and uh, back in Isaiah even, he was despised. He was rejected of men. He was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. His heart was broken. He was disappointed. And finally, in the end of his years, three years of ministry, where he did only that which was loving and good and healing people and delivering people and being merciful and kind and good to everybody he encountered, except for the religious hypocrites, they band together and plotted his murder and actually had him executed on a cross. This is the response that Jesus got when he came into the world, he came into his own, and his own received him not, the Gospel of John tells us in chapter 1. He came into the world, 
and the world did not recognize him. He came to us, and we rejected him. He came to us, and we didn't notice him. We didn't see him. We didn't think about him. We rejected him. We pushed him away, and it's still a possibility that even yet today we continue to do the same because we are so consumed with our own self-interest. We don't have any room for Jesus. And for this, may God be merciful toward us. We have very little time for him. It's so sad, but it is so true. But maybe this year as we drive around and we look at all the Christmas lights in the evening like we did last night, when we see the celebration and the joy on the faces of children, and we see people welcoming each other and wishing one another Merry Christmas, maybe it is a good thing that we be reminded that in this season of the year, with all this goodwill toward men, that we will open the doors of our heart, change our, mental, our mentality a little bit, be more receptive to the person and the presence of Jesus in the, our conversations and in our looking upon the mangers, we look at the beautiful scene that's portrayed here by this, by this manger scene. And on Christmas Eve, when we find the baby Jesus in the manger, he's not here yet, do you notice? <laughs> he's, one of the children said, Jesus isn't here. I said, no, he's not here yet. He comes on Christmas Eve. So, okay. <laughs> when you see this, pray to this Jesus in the manger. Pray to this Jesus in the manger and say, oh, Jesus in the manger. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus, Son of God, help me to be a better person. Please, God, I need to be a better person. I need to be better. I need to be a different person than I am. I need your help, Lord. Come into my heart. Change my attitude. Help me to be who you want me to be so I can fulfill your purpose in my life. Because that's really the very best thing any of us could ever, 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 ever be or do. So open the door to your heart. Open the heart that God gave you and say, come in, Jesus. Come in, Jesus. I hear your voice calling me. I know you came into the world as a little baby in a humble place with humble people to reach all the way through the years, the eons of time, all the way to me, all the way to me, where I am, where I am today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for reaching me, reaching out to me. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'm sure that you were surprised and no doubt disappointed at the terrible reception that you got when you came. Nobody gave you the time of day. It was amazing how hard-hearted, how cold, how selfish humans are when you, the creator of all, came to this world but not today 
for today we came here to open our hearts we came here and i opened my heart to you lord and i ask you for your help because i've failed you in so many times in so many ways i couldn't even begin to number them but you're always reaching out for me you're always reaching out to lift me up when i fall you're always there to forgive me and help me there's no friend like you in all this world lord without your help what would i do but to know that you love me and you enfold me in your loving embrace reach out to me and hold me close it's the most wonderful thing on this earth most wonderful thing in my life and so from this day on i will always make room for you lord i'll always give you a place whenever i'm off track and whenever i lose my way please remind me please remind me of who you're calling me to be what you're calling me to be that i may be truly your child and your servant in this world as you give me the privilege of life here in your name i ask this with thanksgiving amen okay let's uh, stand together and we'll open our hearts to the lord as we sing reaching
caroling we have a couple of songs we think you might know this one's called a little town of bethlehem how still we sleep we see thee lie and uh, so we'll do that now sing along you carolers out there get your mittens on and put your scarf around your neck okay get ready to sing In thy dark streets shine 
always sing these once a year. It's just really wonderful. Is there another one that we have? Yes. Away in the Manger, for example. Away in the Manger. Need words for this, do we? Nah, we don't need words for this. Away in a manger, no creep for a prayer. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus. Everybody can be seated if you want for a few minutes. Uh, Pam, you want to come up for a second? Can you turn me up a little bit here? Gold. Check, check. That's better. That's very. There we go. Can you make it up here, Gimpy? Hey, Susan, would you come up, please? This ain't working. This is a gift that we put together for Miss Susan. And the reason being, I got the same thing from one of my students years ago, and it touched my heart. And I'd like to, since she's not going to be opening it, I don't think in front of you guys, I'd like to explain what's in it. And it's a very strange basket if you just look at it. It's because she's strange. <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> 
It's called a holiday survival kit. At this time each year, we are reminded of friends, family, love, and faith. Gathered there are a few, few small items to help you through the holiday season. The basket to remind you of the faith that will help carry you through your life. The ornament to remind you of your friends and to help you to remember to hang in there when life gets tough. The bubble bath to wash away life's every stress and to remember to take time out for yourself. The Milky Way to remind you to always shoot for the stars when you set your goals. The salsa to remind you to put some spice into your life when things are in a rut. The Snickers to remind you that laughter is good for the soul. The candle to warm up the holidays and remind you that pleasure can be derived from simple things. The Twizzlers to remind you that the intertwining of our lives gives us more strength than if we stood alone. The Lollipop to remind you that with hard work you can reach your goal. The Butterfly to remind you that things aren't always as they first appear and good things come to those who wait. And of course, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get until you take that first bite. guys are amazing. <laughs> uh, you just continue to uh, exceed expectations in every way, and you're just, you're just the best. And I, I think that's got the Christmas season covered. So thank you so much. I love all you all. You're not done. Stay put, Susan. Susan, get back up here. All right, we've been keeping this secret for quite a while now, and we all saw the reaction of Larry when he saw all those shoe boxes come through and said, boy, I sure wish I had one of those. <laughs> so sitting on this table, we also have not a shoe box, because those are some mighty big shoes if they are, but <laughs> we also have, if you'll come forward, I don't have quite the same little uh, heartwarming different things like that but everybody yes pulled together and got a bunch of things that we thought that you would really enjoy and help you get through the holiday season as well and yep yeah if you want to go ahead and pop that open. open yep <laughs> so Merry Christmas to you both we love you and we hope you uh if you want to
food for the soul. Chicken, chicken soup for the soul. <laughs> Messages from heaven.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.